attention, please. The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia, what has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Price Stadium is second to none. And the rain breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! You believe the cops have won this game? You're your host, JC Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined the dance All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Inside the Game Guys, the show. I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Molinax. J.B. had a power outage at his house uh, around the same time I was trying desperately to finish up a J.C. and Morgan podcast, so we we're both going to be late, so we kind of, sorry for the delay there. Uh, I know my hair looks lovely today before any of you guys say that, but uh Got a good show coming up today. High Energy Thursday, as always, with Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Big baseball series tonight. Uh, I don't know if it'll top yesterday with all the recruiting happenings. Um, after we got off, of course, Braden Lee, a four-star corner from Charles Herbert Flowers High School. Now, this is four kids from Charles Herbert Flowers High School. Desmond Umizulu, walk-on tight end, Maurice Brown, uh, Braden Lee, and Big Mike. Like I said, I love big old offensive lineman named Mike. She called Big Mike. Yo, Big Mike. Big What's Mike. Up? What's up? I like Big Mike. That's a good name. <laughs> uh, big Mike, you know. Uh, and I'm the one. That, now, I'll take full credit for giving him that nickname. You know, because I've, I've preached and preached. I don't do nicknames unless it's like Juice Wells where the, the, the announcers are doing it. But I'll go ahead and do Big Mike. All right. <laughs> Just four kids. I, I don't know. It's in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. I, I I think I've been through there before. I mean, it's in the DMV. But, man, if that high school is going to keep sending kids to Carolina, let's roll. But, anyway, uh, got another one with that. Uh, JB popped in and out, so we'll have him here in a second. Like I said, Chris Phillips, Perry Orth, uh, coming today uh, as our guest. Um, lots of talk in the Dennis Sports chat box. Uh, Clint says Coach Beamer slacking. No, no welcome home tweets today. Uh, he did tweet like his, he, that he was in the office because uh, Stone Blanton, who, uh, by the way, is part of one of two stellar Heritage Digital commercials that run on the show <laughs> every day. Um, that and the Coach O'Nana sports commercials are amazing. But uh, uh, Stone Blanton and, and some other dudes were out uh, playing. I think, I, think uh, I know the guy they were playing with a little bit. He's a good dude. Uh, but playing Augusta National today with Spencer Rattler. Augusta Country Club. Augusta, Augusta Country Club. Club. It wasn't Augusta yeah. National. All right, sorry. Yeah. 
Well, it's, that's not as cool then. But anyway, <laughs> so Beamer was like, I think we wanted to be on the golf course today uh, and all that. Reformed Manho checks in and says, it's Miller time. Let the day drinking Ooh. commence. Well, tailgate. That's good. That's yeah, good. go uh, go see uh, Jan Bennett uh, out of the tailgate. He'll have his uh, Pepsley ribbon tree going. Clint says, I think we land Dylan Stewart at this point. I don't know. Um, I, I think I think Eric Carolina's got as good of a shot as anybody right now. Greg says, what will make this program is evaluation with being mindful of synergy. And for the first time, I can see a championship level of that mindset. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you still have to evaluate, you know, all the NIL stuff, all the star ratings, all that. Uh, the, Alabama didn't put together their roster because they just went and recruited every five-star out there. There's some five-stars Alabama don't want any part of. Um, not all five-stars are created equal. And you, you've got to have good evaluation to do that. I think South Carolina does, um, especially places like defensive back where Torian Gray – is not going to be out evaluated. Uh, and I'll answer this question and then welcome JB into the show. Uh, JC mentioned yesterday that Clemson does not accept junior college transfers. Is that a school rule or what? It's not that they don't, because obviously you can go to Tri-County Tech and get into Clemson as a regular student, can't you? Mm-hmm. I would think you still are. Yeah, Tri-County. That's part of the selling point. Yeah, I mean, um, but – for student athletes with the JUCO system as it was, my understanding is it gets tricky getting them in. And so Dabo is just like, well, we just won't, we won't do it. It's another Dabo thing. I'm not – and, like, watch Clemson go take three junior college players this year. <laughs> but uh, they haven't done it in years. And so um, that's kind of been an advantage for South Carolina because so many good players. And I was on with Bill King in Nashville earlier today. And he mentioned the JUCO players from South Carolina that kind of come out of nowhere because Tennessee's gotten a couple of them uh, through the years. Cordero Patterson was one, and Byron Young is another who just finished his career there. Uh, kids from South Carolina that go to JUCO that you know blow up. And um, so we were talking about that today, and that's true. It's an advantage for the Gamecocks, but uh, I'm not sure the Gamecocks absolutely require a any sort of advantage based on what Clemson is not doing uh, at this point when it comes to especially in-state recruiting. JB, welcome in, brother. Sorry about that. We, no. uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but at about 10.52, all the power just – and uh, the internet wouldn't come back. And so there's doing some construction at a house across the street, so I thought maybe – Somebody over there screwed it up for everybody. They definitely screwed it up for me, but nonetheless. Uh, Curry, I want to give a shout-out to Ken because he mentioned this yesterday. Hello from Villa Rica, Georgia, home of Jatavia Shivers, incoming Gamecock tackle, uh, in the Carrollton area of West Georgia, uh, which, again, we keep talking about the staff recruiting and where they're recruiting. West Georgia was sort of a black hole. I mean, everybody, for, for all the talk about Nick Chubb, who's from Cedartown, which is out that way, the Gamecocks, for some reason, it was like it stopped going out I-20. Or, uh, you know, they go down 85 past the airport to LaGrange in that area. But it seemed like, you know, they stopped at I-20. Now they're going all the way, all the way down I-20 because the uh, Cameron Sandlin uh, it's from Northern Alabama, which is right there on that I-20 thing. So great to hear from somebody over in West Georgia, Ken. And I thank you for that. 
he's tuning in via Facebook. So we love our Facebook listeners. Yeah, uh, and his son is teammates with Jatavia, was teammates with Jatavia Shippers. So, oh, really? Yeah. Cool. yeah. Oh, and Brandon mentions Mikos Todd. There's a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miko set it up on that fake that fake football team. Uh, what was it called? Sycamore Prep. Sycamore. Yeah. He was on that team. He committed to the Gamecocks. Gamecocks sort of backed off, uh, and he was from that area too. But uh, Miko's Todd was uh, that's the last thing I've heard of him was he was on Sycamore Prep. <laughs> the running back who went to Georgia, Miko's Todd. No, he was from Georgia. He's committed to Carolina. Uh, early, oh, yeah, yeah, he was kind. He was yeah, kind of yeah. like uh, Bishop Sycamore. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bishop Sycamore. Let's say Bishop Sycamore, which is even worse. <laughs> there's no such thing as a. There's not a Bishop Sycamore. The, there's Zacchaeus <laughs> that climbed up in the Sycamore tree. Right. I mean, who came up with that? I mean, uh, come on. But anyway, that's the last I've heard from Miko's Todd. But yeah, he was he was one of those early commits, kind of like um, who's the kid that just uh, retired from football. That was at Georgia that transferred in. That was supposed to be. There was a running back here that just retired. Oh, uh, uh, Carroll. Yeah, Lavasia Carroll. Carroll. Oh. Yeah, yeah, kind of like Carroll, a real early commit. But Miko's uh, eh, his stock sort of dropped, and he ended up at uh, Bishop Sycamore. Mm. How about mm. that? Yeah. So anyway, well, uh, I had a whole bundle of stuff in here, but it, none of it saved. So. <laughs> That's all right. Appreciate the moron across the street that hit the power. Michael Ruiz is a chiming in from Atlanta, Brookhaven. I used to live there near Mike Morgan. Yeah. Uh, two years I was in Brookhaven. Pretty solid place. Pretty solid place. So Yeah, I've never been there. Um, yeah, Queasy's middle name is Zacchaeus. Careful. No, it's a great tree. Oh, yeah, he used to sing that song at Sunday school. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Well, maybe that's not. Wee little man was he. Well, you're not a wee little man, Queasy. We know. We're not calling you. <laughs> wee little man was he. Climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Ah, uh, hadn't been to Sunday school in a while. Talking about being bored to tears. Yeah. Anyway. No, no kidding. Uh, we do have Chris at 1140 today, right? Just want to make sure. 1130. 1130. Okay. So, okay. We got we to break. Right. So we need to take a Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, he'll uh, help us obviously preview. This is the third straight week. Carolina's got the premier baseball series in the country, which is incredible. But this this was the this one right here. This is the most important of the three um, because, well, for a lot of reasons. But um, now you're starting to get into projection time. So you win this game weekend. Getting after fifth, the D one baseball baseball yeah, projections probably about Plus, where they uh, should be. Some people don't realize this. There's still divisions in baseball, too. So it's another SEC East opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you want to stay in the race within striking distance of Vanderbilt uh, for the SEC championship. That's important. Um, and Yeah, uh, I mean, but but it's not as important as, the game. as people think it is, though. Like, it's nice to put that banner on the wall, but it's all about seating, and we know that. Baseball oh, yeah. is all about seeding. Seeding, seeding. Carolina's won what? They won in 2000, 2002. 04, they won the tournament. They have not won an SEC championship since 2011. Right. Uh, other than that. And then they won the East a couple of years under Tanner and Holbrook both. But it hasn't, it's not like they've got a ton of SEC championships, but in, in, in Carolina baseball is always judged by what happens in the big tournament. That, yeah. That's just, hey, it's either supers, regionals, 
Uh, somebody needs to – it's either Omaha, Super Regionals, Regionals and somebody may get fired – or no regionals, and everybody wants somebody to get fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are I the know, standards I, around. I saw here, another. Right? I, I saw another post yesterday. I, I don't, oh, don't care what what he's done. If he if he's not in Omaha, he's fired for me. I'm like, so what if you're the third or fourth overall seed or fifth overall seed, and you draw the hottest team in the country in a super regional, and that team goes on to win the College World Series, but they're the ones that knocked you out in the supers? Like, no context, no, just no. fired. Once again, somebody else is probably never thrown a baseball and if they have never played past the age of 12 but they got nine bucks a month they got a keyboard and they got fingers so they can tell everybody what they know you know it's it's just amazing another guy was like why don't we you know you just fire kingston and put monty lee in as the head coach of the season yeah yeah if they don't make to the omaha yeah, I, you, don't you, you don't upset the apple cart, man. You, you, you what, what you do is it. you actually let the season play out, and let's see what happens because they're thirty-one and freaking six right now. So yeah, you know you let them you know finish the year and let's kind of see what happens from there. And um, that's going to be the plan, regardless of what any keyboard warriors want or think. That is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> the plan is to play out the season. I'll tell you what season. the plan is. That's the inside <laughs> scoop we all want to hear. Let me tell you what the plan is. The plan is to let them finish the season. That's the plan. <laughs> well, hey, after two or three years ago when they didn't, I'll take that. I, I will I will take meaningful baseball in May. Okay, that's that's just what I'm yeah. – I won't I be – I'm tired of like – I was tired. I didn't like it when I had fun in 2021. It was a little concerning. I hated in 2020 when the season just stopped and then I lost all track of time. Uh, and then 2021 was a disappointment, but it still was kind of fun because uh, the crowd came back and all that for a brief moment in time during that regional. Uh, yeah. Last year sucked a bunch of donkey. And, uh, and then this year I'm looking forward to, again to meaningful baseball in the months of May and June. I don't yeah. think that's too. It, it's kind of like a birthright if you're a Carolina person. Yeah, know, well, it's you've all you've been able to hang your hat on this for a long time, and and that's that's the way it should be. It should be where we're talking about projections and seedings. Now, you see how, how it plays out in May, and then you you go watch it in June. But it is eleven twenty nine. We are painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something. Dot com. Tristan and his team they paint all over the state of South Carolina. And all over the state of Georgia, if you need something painted, stained, or whatever it is at your home, it could be interior, exterior, fencing, concrete, you name it, they'll do it. A couple of painters, Gamecock owned and operated Tristan Still and his staff are great friends, and they are incredible at what they do. Let me paint something.com. All right, Phil, we'll hit that timeout. Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show. Uh, will join us next to preview the premier series in college baseball. It starts tonight. And if you haven't heard, I have good news for all of you pertaining to the broadcast. Hang tight. We'll tell you what it is on the other side of the break right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? 
Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them to talk about how they can set up a no-obligation consultation to talk about your backyard transformation into a potential outdoor retreat. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate, 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy. And we're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than host of the Spurs Up show, Chris Phillips. Chris, we've uh, been blessed to have three straight weeks of the premier matchup in basketball, I mean, baseball. (laughs) And fortunately, I guess it gets a little easier, if you could air quotes easier after that. But uh, what an opportunity for the Yardcocks this this weekend, man. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, I think this, you know, we've said it for, like you said, three straight weeks, but this is why you come to South Carolina, you know what I mean, to take on the best. And Florida certainly rolling in, and they got great history, great tradition. I think, what, they went to Omaha seven times in the 2010s. So, I mean, it's – and we all recall those those great Tanner versus O'Sullivan matchups with those teams. It felt like every single year it was the final series that was coming down for the SEC East Championship. So, uh I wouldn't expect anything different, really, especially from the Florida side. You know, before the season, I thought they were going to be a really, really good club with all they had coming back. And Kevin O'Sullivan just always has a good team down there in Gainesville. So, I mean, again, this is why you come to South Carolina. But, uh, yeah, excited to talk about it, Phil, JC, JB. Great to see you guys. And, yeah, looking forward to a great series yet again, Thursday through Saturday. I feel like we've had a lot of those this year, more than normal. But uh, either way, Founders Park, man, it'll be jumping and going to be a great weekend for college baseball. Yeah, 730, uh, first pitch tonight. Night on ESPNU. The good news for anybody that is wondering about the broadcast because they've been a little rough on uh, Thursdays recently and others uh, that have been nationally televised. This one's got Tom Hart and Chris Burke on the call. 
So if mm-hmm. uh, if you choose to go with TV over Derek and Tommy on the radio, which we still always suggest our own guys because they're really good, at least you got Tom Hart and Chris Burke on the call, <laughs> unlike some others that we've heard uh, recently this year. Chris, to your point, uh, not necessarily uh, – it could be, I guess, maybe something that pertains to the game, but Florida's got to deal with it too. I, I mentioned this a couple of days ago, maybe last week, to, to JC. I think at the end of the season – you're going to probably hear somewhere along the lines, I don't know when or where it'll come out or if it does, but more than likely a lot of the coaches in this league are are probably going to start to have some conversations with the league about the number of Thursday to to Saturday series. Mm -hmm. Um, Because not that I don't mind them. I do. I, you know, they're good to grow the sport if you do it the right way, but there are some things that need to be adjusted You've got um, you got these midweek games crammed in here. I mean, it's great to get the win over CSU, but I think we all probably are looking at this going, boy, it would have been nice to actually have some arms, have a break. <laughs> so I'm sure from the baseball side of it, coaches are going to adjust uh, or talk about that. The other side, it's it's still kind of ludicrous to me, and nobody can give me a good answer as to why you – shouldn't have in case of weather especially if a series starts on thursday the option to wrap it up on sunday like that's just ridiculous so like i i just think when it comes to some of the traditional things that they've held their hat on i uh, and and with the timing of series and how many game how many days you have to play x number of games and then, you know, trying to squeeze in TV and making all these guys play. Well, I think Carolina's got four Thursday night in-league games this mm-hmm. year. That There's just some things that just need to be cleaned up in order to keep moving down that road. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely no good reason why you can't finish a series on a Sunday when you start on a Thursday. I mean, the SEC, the conference slate is above all else, right? I'm not saying the midweek's not important. Obviously, we all know that it is, but – I mean, conference play is truly what makes or break your season. So to think you're you're not going to get a game in, and I mean, if South Carolina, I mean, who knows if we'll be in this position, but imagine we just get to the end of the year. I think this actually happened before in like 2011, right, if I recall, that the Gamecocks didn't win the East because of a game that didn't get played. Right? It was like a half game in Florida, I think, won the SEC East or something, or a third game wasn't played in that series or something like that, but a similar situation where a game didn't get played, which is just, like you said, I mean, it's ludicrous, right? I mean – we all understand, right, as long as you're a top eight national seed or you're hosting a regional or whatever, like that's what really matters. But there's just got to be a better way. There's got to be a more efficient way. And I know Kingston, I think he he spoke on this yesterday. And listen, if we're all about protecting arms and everything, you know, you look at Thursday through Saturday and you say, is it really the best thing? Um, I mean, I think it's great. Obviously, like you mentioned, JB, growing the sport, you get these games on TV. I know we all agree that college baseball still – Criminally under-televised, I think there's just way too many opportunities that you could get these games on television. I mean, last weekend, for example, you've got four versus six going at it toe-to-toe in what were three great games, and they're all on SEC Network Plus. And so it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right, why those games aren't televised. But either way, I mean, I get why they do it. They want to grow the sport. I think it's really cool to have college baseball on Thursdays. But uh, there's definitely a more efficient way of going about it, and especially, again, when you've got – Carolina LSU we saw a couple weeks ago when you you I mean it was beautiful that Sunday it was beautiful you could have finished the series and you didn't you know what I mean so that that's something I think definitely got to change I mean you look at the postseason man if they got to play it on a Monday they got to play it on a Tuesday they'll play it you know you'll get it in so I think there's got to be a way to do that and I'm sure to your point they're gonna have a lot of conversation about that well as it pertains to the series this weekend we heard if any of you were watching or listening to our program yesterday you heard coach Lee 
plead to the fans and say, you got to get there. You got to get to the game. You know, please come out. Please come out. Please come out. Please come out. A couple of weeks ago, uh, that Thursday night against LSU, and Tommy mentioned it on the broadcast. He said the first three innings of that game, it was as electric as he'd ever seen it in Founders Park. I've been in Founders Park a lot since 2009, including the first freaking game they ever played there. And so I don't know if he's right or wrong on that, but nonetheless, it was that good of an atmosphere to even say something along those lines. But a lot of there were also a lot of people there, Chris, because there was a number one next to LSU's name. Look, number one, number three, whatever, man. The game tonight, the game tomorrow, the game Saturday, they matter just as much as any game that was going to be played in that LSU series. It's not necessarily about taking down number one. Now it's about continuing to maintain status quo, which is top eight national seed. So whether it's Florida tonight or Auburn tonight or Mississippi State tonight or the school of the deaf, dumb, and blind tonight, it doesn't matter. Like, the fans, it's time. You know, this team has done everything that people have been pleading and asking for for a while. Everything. We want to see our, quote, return to glory. Well, here they are. And it's time. You know, pack it, be loud, and and we all saw how much of an impact that made in the LSU series. Founders Park, when the Yardcocks are rolling especially, is one of the most electric environments in all of college baseball. And the irony that you bring this up, JB, heading into the Florida series especially, because I recall I was there two years ago, and this was after COVID, right? So we didn't have the full capacity yet at that point. But I don't know if you guys recall how shook Florida was. And, I mean, they were shook. I mean, I remember it started on Friday night. I forget his name, but their starting pitcher – is walking in from the bullpen, finishing up his warm-up, whatever. He's walking in from the bullpen. And, I mean, again, it's 20% capacity, right? Nowhere – it's it not not even close to what it's going to be this week and sold-out crowds for probably all three games. He's walking in, though, doing the, the chirping hand thing. Josh Rivera, who is the Gators' starting shortstop right now, he was a freshman at that time. He's getting into it with the fans, right? This is when you had the hickey crotch grab, I think it was, in game one, and, and Carolina yeah. comes back to win the game. So – Maybe those Gators have grown up since then, but like I've seen it firsthand with these guys on the roster, the Rowdy Roosters get under their skin. So if fans think they don't make an impact, especially this weekend with these guys who I'm sure still have not so great memories of Founders Park when they got swept the last time they were there, the fans can make a huge difference this weekend. So I totally understand why Coach Lee is pleading for them to come out and um, I mean, again, you get two of these games. We talk about night games in college football, how big they are. How about college baseball? I mean, it makes a difference, man. Any sporting event at yeah. night, outdoor event, it just feels more electric, right? You're under the lights. Uh, I, I mean, I would expect three great atmospheres, and especially tonight and tomorrow, JB, to your point. Uh, yeah. I think the Rowdy Roosters, for sure, the impact will be felt. If they win two this weekend, uh, you will finish this nine game. This this was the – this was the group, right? And mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what, what your thoughts were coming into the uh, LSU, Vandy, Florida slate. But mine, personally, were four and five gets it done. Anything better solidifies you as one of the top three or four teams in the country. Uh, and then from there, you just you basically have to play 500 ball all the way home, and, and you will be uh, when it comes to seed time. 
But if they so if they win two and they lost a game, so they're um, they're two and three coming into this series in versus Vanderbilt and LSU. So Chris, if they win two of three this weekend, that'll put them at four and four. So in your mind, to ask the question I asked myself to you, uh, what will that do for them on a from a national standpoint, the way that they'll be viewed uh, in the seeding process? Well, yeah, JB, to your point, I was right there with you. You know, I said that uh, four and five would be, again, job well done. When you look at just the slate that you were going up against, five and four or better, massive success. And I thought that that would show certainly not that, you know, I think more so to nationally because we all believe that this team's for real, they're legit. But on the national side of things, I think people are going to stop and take notice and say, okay, South Carolina is a legitimate top eight national seed type of ball club. And, uh, you know, I stand by that, you know, whether you win two or three, you sweep, whatever, if you can finish that slate four and four. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you this, I, I think the national respect's already there. I was reading some D1Baseball.com this morning, and they were just talking about all their series. And uh, to their credit, you know, they were already saying that South Carolina has proven that, that they are one of the top eight national seeds. There's a reason they're being projected at such. And now it's just about reaffirming that weekend after weekend after weekend. And now it's just, are you going to be the number two national seed, the number four, the number eight, whatever? Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done, but I think the Gamecocks have earned a lot of respect just because of what they've done. I mean, even last weekend, guys, fans freak out because you lo- lose two of three, but, you know, games two and three were close ball games, man. And it's just hard to go on the road and beat a top five team at their place, especially when you play the way you did. Listen, you booted the ball around and you got to clean it up and it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? You're going to lose games that way. So you can learn lessons in, in defeat. And I think they will do that, obviously. I mean, they know that defense is a point of emphasis going into the weekend. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at it. If, if we're going to say that right about last weekend going to Nashville, well, now, like you mentioned, you're at Founders Park. You're at home. It's hard to beat a team like South Carolina on their home field three-game series. So, uh, I, I think the Gamecocks are in a good position. I mean, again, I've picked them to win two of three. I feel confident in this group. Two very similar teams. Both rely on the, on the home run ball. I think these are the top two teams in the country in power. Um and I think it's just going to be two teams throwing jabs, scoring runs, but who's got more in the tank on the pitching yeah. side of things? I do think it'll be the Gamecocks. I think the Gators' bullpen, especially with Brandon Neely being out, which we can debate all day just how silly of a suspension that is and how soft the umpire crew was to throw him out. But whatever, hey, it benefits us. I don't really care. So uh, I think the Gamecocks have got more in the tank in the bullpen. But to your point again, JB, it's just another opportunity to solidify that, you know, we are this team that everybody thinks we are. I mean, I don't think that this team has to prove to everyone they're good. This is a damn good ball club. Like, we all know that. But, uh, you know, now it's just about fighting up that top eight national seed ladder and continuing to prove to college baseball and the national side of things that you, uh, you're you for real. So, I think, again, you got a great opportunity to do it. you got to protect the home field. And uh, it should be a fun one for three games, no doubt. Win anyway is uh, creeping back into the – you know, Monty called it – what they call him, J, uh, Phil, JC, that yesterday called him the, the – uh, Misfits. Misfits. Uh, yeah, yeah, but the, the portal mafia. The portal, portal mafia. mafia. Uh, portal mafia. He called, he called these, these guys – because I, I said, Monty, you know, when you walk in that locker room, what the hell's going on in there? Um, you know, you see Cromer, you know, sitting in the press conferences with King all mm. jacked up like a security guard and, and all these other guys just doing all kinds of crazy stuff and these helmets. And, you know, and we kind of mentioned, I'm not trying to predict anything here, but, you know, there's there's the gimmicky make-believe stuff that teams like they try to do those things. And then there are teams that it, they just kind of do it. It's kind of natural and it really does – uh, resemble the personality of the program. Well, we've seen that before, and it worked out well here. 
Um, And so, you know, I don't know how it's going to work out at the end of the season, but going back to the win anyway comments that were established under Coach Holbrook and Coach Tanner, when they kind of combine forces here, someone gets banged up, somebody goes down, hey, all right, well, you know, as Coach Spurrier used to say, well, let this guy play. You know, put him in there and see what happens. So that's kind of where they are right now. Like, I know Lee Croy's banged up. We know McGill is out another couple of weeks. We know Noah's going to be sidelined probably for the foreseeable future. Maybe they get them all back at the same time later on down the line. I don't know. But the rest of these guys that want to play, hey, man, here you go. It's time to play. You got the best teams in the country that you're up against. Go out there and play. With all that said, what is – is there something where you're like, I hear you, but this really is a concerning factor for me watching them going forward? Well, and to your point, JB, everybody's dealing with something right now. You know, there's no team in college baseball, and I'm sure every individual fan of different schools is saying, woe is me, you know, the baseball gods or this curse. Everybody's dealing with something, man. Florida's closers, you know, suspended. Our third baseman's Another team doesn't know who their Sunday guy is. Like, everybody's got something going on. And, I mean, baseball is truly a game at the end of the day that whoever can overcome adversity the best, that is who wins. I mean, that's why you say it's all a mental game, right? It's just overcoming adversity consistently on a consistent basis. So, I mean, I think for South Carolina, you look at them. The concerns are, number one, the defense. I mean, it has to be the defense after last weekend. That's one thing. And I, I feel confident they can get that cleaned up because I really look at it and I say those are those are mental mistakes. Those aren't physical mistakes. Those guys can make those plays. They've made those plays a thousand times. They take ground balls every day. They wouldn't be putting them out there if they couldn't make those plays, right? So it's just about uh, locking in mentally and being more consistent on the defensive side. I, I think they'll get it cleaned up. I'm not overly concerned about it. And I think with this team, it's just, you know, consistency swinging the bat, which is what a lot of teams deal with. I'm, I'm not really saying anything. I don't think the Gamecocks have any, like, glaring holes or issues that even, like, a team like Florida doesn't have or Vanderbilt. Like, yeah, if your bats go cold, they're going to have a bad weekend. I mean, it's just what happens. So, um, you know, I, I think this is a team I, I don't even really worry about in regards to are there massive holes that are going to linger and come back to bite them. I mean, the question mark of this season, I think this is an Omaha-caliber club, and it's just are you playing your best when it matters most down the stretch. So um, I feel good about this team, JB. I'm not sitting here predicting a national championship either, but I, I don't think there's, like, these massive glaring holes. There's certainly things to clean up, but baseball is a game of constant adjustments. Everybody's got something to clean up, man. Everybody's got something to figure out, and uh, you just hope we figure it out quicker than Florida this weekend. So, <laughs> like I said, I, I think the stage is set. Um, you need a good one from Will Sanders tonight. We keep saying that every single week. And I, I, I will say that to your point. I want to see more out of Sanders and Mahoney. Like you need more than five innings out of those guys at some point. You know what I mean? You need your starters to kind of be the horses and, and, and carry the load. And listen, Noah Hall's out right now. And game three is kind of a mystery. Although I thought Becker did a, a great job last weekend, but like it puts more emphasis on those guys. Like, Hey, Will, Will, why not save the bullpen? Why not go seven tonight? You know what I mean? Like, hey, Jack, why not go seven? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just at some point you're going to need those guys to go more than five innings. So maybe tonight's the start of it. I mean, listen, Florida's a lethal lineup just like we have, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a couple of high-scoring games. This might be the weekend we see 10 yeah. to 8 and 11 to 7 and, you know, kind of crazy. But, like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, at some point, especially in the postseason, we're going to turn to Will Sanders and a Jack Mahoney and whoever's starting game three and say, hey, man, you got to take us there. Like, you got to get us there. You know what I mean? We might have to win tonight two to one. So, we know they've got it in them. I want to see more out of the starting pitching. But all in all, JB, JC, Phil, I feel good about this ball club. And uh, it's just all about I just hope when we're having these conversations in late May, uh, the Gamecocks are getting red hot and we're making a run. 
I hope they do. This ain't this ain't the uh I don't know if y'all have looked at Florida's uh stats from a starting pitching standpoint, but this isn't the Gators that we're used to when Sully rolls in dudes <laughs> who are humping a hundred and all their ERAs mm-hmm. are under two. Every yes. starter they'll throw out there this weekend's over mm-hmm. four. Matter of fact, of yep. the five of the five starters announced, mm-hmm. they're with the exception of Mahoney, everybody's over four. Um, which is strange <laughs> for, for a series like well, this. Well, you know, pe- so. people were giving me kind of hell yesterday because I gave some midseason grades just specifically for uh, the SEC, right? Just SEC statistics. And I gave the pitching an A, and the ERA was 4.43. And people were like, oh, my God, like the standard's been lost in Columbia. I'm like, no. that is the second best ERA in the conference. Yeah, like, look around the league. Everybody's yeah. hitting. I mean, that's the thing. Everybody's hitting. Like, everybody's hitting. So there's such an emphasis on hitting in the long ball and – you know, that's a you know, that's a really good ERA. You're not gonna see like a, a Texas from twenty eleven who has like a one nine ERA no. at home. It's just it's just not happening. Like it's just not happening. So I mean, hitters are getting better. Like everybody can hit a hundred. It's crazy. Like even a guy like Paul Skeens who's sitting a hundred, he can't get Ethan Petrie out. You know what I mean? Like you know, so you would never fathom that a couple of years ago. But uh no. you know, and that's the the matchup, by the way, too, Petri and Caglione this weekend, that's gonna be electric, man. I can't wait to watch that. 170 combined home runs. 170 <laughs> combined home runs in this game between these crazy, crazy. in this series between these two teams. I'm with you. I think a few balls are going to leave the yard. Phil, JC, a, anything to add, or y'all want to? No, nah, yeah, y'all, y'all thought it all. No, knowing, hey, knowing, ba- knowing baseball, though, this will be like this will be like three pitching duels because you know, of course, I came in a That's game with LSU, is. and I'm, I'm just talking up Paul Skeens like he's the greatest thing, and Carolina is just teeing off. So, yes. uh, I don't know. They've shown the harder you throw it, you know, we love it, especially at Founders Park. This team loves hitting at Founders Park. So, uh, all three of the Gators pitchers, they better be sharp because if they, they leave one up or make a mistake, I think this lineup will punish it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Two of three. I, I think Carolina will get it done this weekend. Two of three. Thanks, man. Good stuff. Pulling through. Thanks, yeah, Chris. Sure. Talk Appreciate to you, you guys. JC, yeah, we'll talk to you this afternoon, JC. Phil, you be good as oh, well, my guy. JC, you're going to be <laughs> talked out by the time tonight gets here. You've had this will be your third one, right? This is uh, you've already no, recorded this something this morning, already, right? No, I've already. Let's see, Tuscaloosa this morning. Yeah. Uh, Bill Bill King in Nashville after that. JC and Morgan Three. after that. Three, four, then five. Guys, and then five. I got the Spurs up, Jim. Guys, going to be dead by the time this game time. Holy smokes. All right, talk to you. Please don't do that to us. Uh, we need to right. do a. We got right. a final quick timeout, right? Yep. So let's do yeah. that. I got some. We got some questions in the chat box that are actually very good questions. Especially good. this one from Ryan. He tried to answer ask yesterday, so we probably should get, we'll get to, to that. that. So we'll get tight. Great back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. What I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843 843- Six nine nine one zero zero one. This is one zero zero two. Oh, 
Well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Don't you know, no, no. From the littlest chick to the big old cock, it's the big old chick. Danny Hill. Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia and the first hour of the show presented to you by uh, Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. If you need any upstate real estate, buy or sell, Cindy's the one to call at 864-414-5271. Sitting here looking up some baseball stats. It's interesting. Like if Becker starts game three. He would also fall under the less than four ERA. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's definitely changed. To Ryan, and I, and uh, Ryan did ask this yesterday, and we just didn't have time to get to it, and we don't have much time here either because we have Perry Orth coming up in about five minutes on our program to slide back into some football. Um, what is the run count for you uh, to, to win a college baseball game? In other words, if you score X number of runs, should you be okay? I, I it depends on the league. I mean, uh, in the SEC, I'd say it's probably let's put it around seven and a half, um, which is maybe more than little, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, more than the other guy generally. Um, yeah, it's uh, there. You go. Yeah, around seven. Yeah, so yeah, so seven or eight somewhere in there. Um, uh, and it depends on the day too, right? You know, generally, if generally on Friday nights you. Um, you probably not going to be a lot of runs scored, but you might need to score a little bit more on Sunday. So, um, yeah, I'd say that's pretty close, somewhere around seven. And guy, and and guys, I, you know, I I don't want this to come off as pompous. I don't mean it this way at all. But for those that are concerned about strikeouts, they're not going away. I mean, you, you might as well get used to it. Uh, it's all over college baseball. It's it's going to be part of South Carolina's makeup. At the same time, they walk a ton. They get hit by a lot of pitches, and they hit the ball out of the yard. You know, and they apparently win 31 out of 37 games. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I it is frustrating, but it's just not – it's not the baseball that I grew up in. It's not the baseball we all grew up with. It's a power game now. And, you know, 
95 plus is going to happen and 15 mile or 15, 10 to 15 mile an hour less sliders that are going to fall off the table and break your ankles. Those are going to happen and change ups that are going to disappear in middle mid air. Those are going to happen. It's not easy to hit. And, uh, and so you could probably cut down on the strikeouts. I mean, you can't change it in the middle of the year, but you know, if you get into the off season and you want to work on something a little bit different, that's fine. But just know that your your home run numbers are probably going to come down a decent amount, and um, your walk numbers are going to come down a decent amount. At the end of the day, are you scoring runs or not? So that's really what it comes down to: are you scoring runs or not? Got to score, man. Yeah, yeah. which they're which scoring. You're doing it at a fairly decent clip, so I mean, you know. Yeah. Stands yeah. a reason. Got a shot. Yeah. Well, and and seventy six says I miss Tony Gwynn. Hey, we all miss Tony Gwynn, but even Tony Gwynn would strike out a lot more in today's game. Well, it's just different. It's yeah. just not, mm-hmm. you know, like Babe Ruth was not is not going to hit seven fourteen in today's game. It's just not going to happen. You can't drink beer and smoke cigarettes the whole game in the dugout. And walk up there and hit the ball out of the yard anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> the cornbread cowboy can. Is anybody testing that theory these days? Uh, <laughs> what what I miss when you say Tony Gwynn, I'll expand on that. I miss that style of player. Whit Merrifield's a lot like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Whit now Whit strikes out um because that's the game. He doesn't strike out as much as a lot of guys. Um but and we'll have this conversation more in the summer, but they also pay you to hit the long ball more now. So you can just count on the fact that a lot of these big leaguers, they're going to try to hit the long ball. 230, 240 with 30 home runs gets you a lot more money than 290 with about 12. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't believe in it. I wish it was different, but it's true. So, I think Cam we'll says, a little more yeah. small ball this weekend. Just, you I know, know. Due to the lineup changes and stuff. Maybe. Yeah, uh, I you could. You could. Cam says Casas has to step up this weekend. You're right. He's got a yep. he, he's he's he hit one out the other night. Maybe that'll get him going. Um but him and uh my guy last weekend was Messina and they had to get him going to protect Petri and he he did it. So hopefully that can continue. There's probably gonna be quite a few balls to leave the yard this weekend. Just Carolina's at eighty eight, Florida's at eighty two. Yeah, they can do that. Oh, yeah, All right, not, they're not going to fly over the fence. <laughs> yeah, they're they're going to leave the yard at a furious pace. I got a feeling. Okay, uh, hour one is in the books. Hour two is coming up right here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show Perry Orth next. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 
Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by ExpressSunrooms.com. Express Sunrooms of Columbia. ExpressSunrooms.com is the website you can go and you can shoot them an email at John B at ExpressSunrooms.com. 803 446 4662 is how to get in touch with them. And we are joined now by none other than Perry Orth. Perry, uh, what were your impressions of the spring game and how much different was what you saw this weekend as opposed to what you experienced as a player? <laughs> Well, um, I had a couple beers before this spring game, and as a player, I did not do that. I, I actually didn't. saw you. A friend of mine, paparazzi to you, I'm sitting home, and you had a Miller Lite in your hand, so I was, I was, I was proud of you. Yeah, no, Miller's only around here, mate. <laughs> I was like, hey, we talked about that. I was like, and I was like, I guess she was – she zeroed in. I was like, that's Perry. That's a Miller Lite. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah I guess that's no, – yeah. No, no, so that, uh, I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, incredible atmosphere. Um, if you were at the game or even saw it, I mean, I have a couple videos on my phone that I took from the game that was just for a spring game atmosphere, which is, we all know is a glorified practice. I mean, it, it was incredible and, um, glad the fans showed out. It's, uh, it's showing up the results of the attendance in the environment are showing up on the recruiting trail. Um, the momentum right now, they are on fire um, as far as the recruiting they're doing. And uh, I tell you, they, they've, got, they've got some good things right now. You know, I knew anytime you have a new OC, and it doesn't really matter even offensively, you're going to be a lot, um, a lot more basic in everything you do. I love that the first play of the game, Clayton White brought Sam Pressure to start the game because typically you don't see that. Um, to start a game, and I was cracking up. Um, I work out at Clayton White works out at the the F forty five that my wife manages, and so uh, two or three times a week we're working out together. Um, and uh, and I always try to 
pick his brain a little bit on some different things that he's got going on. But uh, I haven't gotten a chance to see him this week, though. But I do want to ask him when I see him, like, man, Sam Pressure, play one of the spring game. I like it, you know. And we slid right into it, picked it up good, which was nice. But, um, yeah, it was a great atmosphere, great game, and uh, and glad that, um, you know, I, I don't believe there were any serious injuries. You're obviously always going to have little bang-ups here and there. But, um, you know, it, it seemed that they made it out alive. Yeah, Jalen Nichols obviously was uh, the, 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 the knee, so hopefully. So, what, do, there, but do we have a final a final thing on that? Yeah, it looks like a basic, like an. Uh, I'll let him announce it. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll kind of be the beat. I'll I'll do like Beamer and let him talk about it, but it, it's not looking good. But that's uh, yeah. and that's significant. But I mean, the good yeah. news is there's time. There's time to go and get yeah. Fugar ready or get whoever you need ready. Uh, Perry, on the on the subject of the offense, I one thing I did notice, and and look, if that's vanilla. That's fine with me. I mean, I, I, I thought it was pretty aggressive. Uh, you know, I don't know if they were doing anything super special out there, but uh, I thought it was aggressive. Uh, one thing uh, some folks pointed out to me that, that I agree with is, you know, the, the short passing game, uh, the quick game, and, and you guys ran a lot of quick game uh, in 2015 when you were the quarterback once uh, yeah. you know, GA took over or whatever, yeah. and it worked. Um, this quick game looks like there's a lot more – in front of the sticks and behind the sticks. In other words, yeah. instead, of, instead of behind the stick, you get a little little flare out behind the line of scrimmage. You're running like you know three or five yard out. Uh, to me, offenses like that, uh, you know, tend to get uh, a lot of uh, quote unquote cheap yardage uh, and yeah. tend to stay out of you know pass plays that may cause you to get into second and third and long. What what, what would you think about that? Yeah, I would agree. I think that it looked a lot like the, you know, the old fashioned West Coast offense where you're throwing, you know, five to eight yard passes that one, you know, that you, you hope that if the quarterback gets the ball out in time, that the catch turns into a 12 yard gain, right? You threw the ball five yards, but it turned into eight yards, right? You threw the ball eight yards, but it turned into 12. Um, what I really liked is the quarterbacks. They didn't hang on to the ball very long. You know, it happens a little bit here and there, but um, all in all, uh, they got the ball out of their hand quickly. Um, I, I really, really like. Obviously, I've I talked about him on here before, but Lenore Sellers is obviously he he's a stud. Um, hey. he, he's a guy that you you highlight and you look at and you say this kid could be um, special one day. Really love how the way Tanner Bailey threw the ball. You know, he's going to be a guy that because of how he throws the football and. Um, you know, from the things that I've heard and how he goes about carrying himself day in, day out. Like, those are the guys that last. They're the ones that you look up four years down the road, and he's a redshirt junior, and he's getting ready to make his, like, ninth start. He started two games his freshman year, three games. You know, you just see, like, how guys like him kind of put together a pretty nice career just because they could throw the ball well. Um, they love the game. They're always going to be in the film room. They're always going to be in the meeting room, grinding it out, right? He doesn't clearly doesn't have the ability that Sellers does as far as athletic ability, but he throws a great ball. He sits in the pocket and throws it well. And I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if he pushed Luke um, to uh, to be the backup. But um, you know that will be uh, that you know time will tell as as they go down through fall camp. Lenora Sellers, uh, I think everybody, you know, I think everybody knew he could run. I don't think 
people realize just how fast he is compared to the yeah. size. But then, like, uh, and I don't know, I don't know enough to know whether it was an RPO call or not. It seemed like an RPO. Uh, the slant, uh, I guess, it was a deep slant or a deep cross over the middle to uh, DJ Black on third yeah. down. Man. <laughs> that was I was like wow I mean he stepped up in the pocket and then zoom there you go and by the way DJ Black's not a bad looking player either for a walk on but you, you know, your thoughts no. about Lenore's just passing game wise and uh, and all that yeah he throws it well man I mean I went like I said I went and watched him when they played AC Flora back the weekend of Thanksgiving in the state semifinal here and uh, here in town and we were just blown away just of how he took over the game, but it wasn't just his running ability. It was third and 10 and he was putting the balls on the money. And, you know, you looked at the spring game and uh, some of his throws, even one of those where he was rolling out left and it ended up being an incompletion. The kid made a one-handed catch out of bounds, but he really put the ball only where um, his receiver could get it. And then you're right. It was an RPO throwing that glance route um, that he hit across the middle and just the way that he, Settled in, stepped in, threw the ball on time, had some major pop on it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what he's going to be capable of as long as he continues to develop in the film room and and uh, continues to learn the offense and progresses the way that he's capable of. I mean, the future looks really bright um, at the quarterback position. I think that this is probably the deepest the quarterback room has been in a long time as far as having, you know, you would prefer not to, but – I wouldn't be – the season necessarily wouldn't be over if any of those four had to step in and play, in my opinion. Um, now, obviously, you don't want that, um, but I, I, I think that all four give you things that you can work with to find ways to win games. Obviously, Spencer Rattler is the difference maker. He's the experienced one, the guy that's going to be a future NFL player. We need to keep him healthy um, and do what it takes, but I just – It's funny how, in my experience of spring games, you always have your stars on your team just flash real quick, and then they pull them out, or they they peel it back, right? So the first play of the game – I'm sorry. It was the first drive of the game, maybe third play. They threw that dig route to Juice Wells, and he breaks the tackle and runs 70 70 yards or whatever. And you're just like, man, we could get used to seeing these two pitch and catch all season, you know. So we got to find a way to protect them. Um, I thought on Joyner ran the ball extremely well. He ran the ball hard. I thought he had great vision. We talked about that last week was how is his vision going to be from running back to quarterback. And, you know, JC brought it up like he's used to following blocks. He's used to kind of having a lead block and running downhill. And uh, because of just how big he's gotten, I think he's going to be uh, somebody that we can count on to, to get a yard or two if we need it. I yeah I, I I there was just like a little a couple little things that there's a couple of runs where you'd want to see him stick with the inside instead of bouncing yeah. it out. But I, I would think Perry, correct me if I'm wrong, as a quarterback with his skill set at quarterback, it's awfully tempting to try to get to the edge from the pocket. Um, yeah, I, I would think that that would be something that in time as he gets more used to running back, he would he would probably do that. But yeah, between the tackles, man, quick feet. Uh, Good vision. He just darted on up, like Spurrier used to say. He just darted on up in there for a couple yards, you know. I, I was like, yeah. Got to split him. I, I, thought, I, thought, <laughs> I thought, wow. Uh, and, and I think Anderson right now is probably, in my opinion, uh, he's, he's still kind of adjusting to the speed of this level. I think yeah. once he gets there, and you can see him coming along a little bit, I think yep. once he gets there, Perry, he's got a shot too. I, I don't think running back is quite as bleak 
they obviously do need some portal help, but I don't, I don't think it's quite as yeah. bleak as many people think. No, I, I, I agree with that. And the funny thing is, is you'll, besides, and even look at the NFL, besides a few of the stars on like the Derrick Henry's of the world, um, a lot of teams are running back by committee. Running backs are just not, they're not as, you know, necessarily, they're not as valuable. I mean, they're kind of a dime a dozen. It's like you can plug and chug most of them out there. And if we can find a way to have a running back by committee where they're at least running the ball hard to get that extra, you know, yard or two, like there's no Marcus Lattimore's or Mike Davis's in this room, but um, are they all capable of being good running backs in this conference and for the team this year? There's no question about it. And you're right. We do need a portal, a portal guy to step in and, and, and just be another, um, another hat for depth. But, um, but right now, yeah, I agree. I think the, the, the kid from Newberry, the more that he gets used to being around it and practicing and playing, he'll be able to step right in and play and, and, and he'll be good to go. And because of his position where he's at now with running back, like he's not going to see any harder hits than he would have already seen in spring ball. Right. I mean, um, so for a running back standpoint, now it'd be a little bit different when the lights are turned on and it's a real game, but, um, I, I, I would expect him to have a really good year for us. Perry, uh, first of all, good to see you again, bud. Uh, you too, man. Enjoyed uh, when we when we left you last weekend. My kid said, "Dad, that was that was Perry Orth, like the Perry <laughs> Orth." I was like, "Yeah, that was, that was, that was him." Um, too kind. Yeah, no, they 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 were just in, in love. Your idol. You got a big poster of you. Um, I don't I don't know if I missed this and sorry I couldn't be here for the beginning of the segment. Speaking of kids, they're home from school, so I had to kind of run down and do some things. Um but with Spencer, he the game looked really slowed down for him. Uh yeah. can, can you can you speak on that a little bit more and just how I was watching it, it so it was so vanilla, of course, but decision making, body movement, just his his footwork, and did he feel rushed? Did he look rushed? And he just looked like he'd been doing this forever. Uh, yeah, can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Well, I think he's an older guy now. I don't know how old he is necessarily, but um, you know he's 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 in his fifth year, right? Is that right? Nineteen twenty twenty. Yeah. God. Yeah. He's so he's in his fifth year. Um, which the game slows down incredibly. He's he's been playing college football, like playing in games for now going on his fourth year. Um, he's the guy, the bona fide guy. He's not the new transfer. He's a gamecock. He like w- people, you know, are expecting him to step up and be the guy. But he did. He looked calm. He looked poised. Obviously, you're going to look really calm and poised when you know you're not going to get hit. Um, so that certainly helps. But um, I mean, he stepped in, made a couple really good throws, really made um, good, clean decisions with the football um, that I had that I saw. Um, the things that you don't see is what he does on the sidelines, and he seems to be constantly moving up and down and chatting with people. So um, that that those are the things that, in my opinion, take teams to the next level when they have guys like that leading the charge, being the guy on the team to keep the energy up, keep the passion up. I know it's a spring game, you know, midway through the game, everybody's bored and everybody's ready to get out of there. Um, but, uh, you know, keeping everybody engaged in it and competing all the way until the final whistle is something that um, I'm hoping that he's doing. It seems that they are. They compete really well. 
Um, he's definitely a guy that that's all in on South Carolina. He's all in with this team, and it's going to be exciting to see what he can do um, this fall. You know, we just pray that he stays injury free. God, you can say that a thousand times over. Yeah. Uh, as far as the uh, the new guys, watching them in action, Knox, Simon, yeah, Lewis. What what do you know about them? What did you like about them? And what can we take away from what we saw from them? Well, I mean, we can highlight the tight end, Trey Knox. Is it Trey Knox, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a yeah, big he, man. He's a big man. He catches the football well. He's going to be very versatile in what he does. He can block. He can run routes from his hand in the ground, from the hip position. I mean, that's a guy who's just truly dynamic. And I think I saw something the other day on Coach Beamer talking about how how he feels better about the quarterback position, or I'm sorry, the tight end position now than he did last year. And a lot of that has to do with that kid. I mean, when you have a true bona fide tight end who can do all of it, um, he's going to pose um, a really, really big threat for, for defenses because he's going to be a constant mismatch. So um, he, he's a guy that, um, from an offensive standpoint, that I, I, I could see him having a huge year. just depends on how much they want to use the tight end. But with uh, with Dow being an NFL guy, they're going to get him the football. And, you know, part of him coming over here from Arkansas was, hey, come over here and uh, and we're going to get you the football because, you know, they don't really have a true number one at tight end. And so he's really seemed to step in and first drive of the game um, made a touchdown catch. And like I said, you know, typically your stars shine early in, in scrimmages or spring games like that. And. Um, it was good to see him step in and, and shine like that. Who, who, do y'all know who was the who defended him? He bounced off of him in the end zone. Does anybody remember who that was? Uh, no, it was but DQ, DQ. Yeah, well, yeah, it was DQ. <laughs> was that DQ? Well, I mean, I get, the, well, the, the one that the one that Knox didn't catch, who I think it was DQ. I, I'm pretty sure he went right back at him, uh, which is another, I kind of like that about the play call. Just went right back at him and, and, and Knox got him the second time. Well, and I, look, I didn't know Trey Knox as a recruit or when he was in Arkansas or anything. Um, Bobby Bentley recruited him for the Gamecocks and liked him and, and all. I didn't hear much about it. But that kid's a high-character dude. Like, you, you hear him talk and, and you know, he yeah. wants to be a leader on this team. That's kind of rare for a guy that's been somewhere else for four years yeah. to come in and try to take that ownership, right? Wouldn't you think, Perry? Yeah, no, I mean, for him to step in and – and be the guy or try to be one of the guys immediately. It, it's, it's a challenge because you're trying to get used to the things that you're trying to do, but I, you know, you never understand why people transfer and the full reasoning of it. Um, but he may have been really unhappy at his, uh, his other school. And then when he, in the process of transferring, maybe he had kind of an internal reflection and said, you know, I'm getting a new slate, a new clean slate. Like, I know I'm going to be the starting tight end. Like, I want to come in and help this team and help guide this team and be a leader to help take this program to the next level. I mean, because if you look at, you know, in his thought process, if, he, if he's thinking that, like, they have the, the they have the talent to do things this year that haven't been done in the last decade, um, in my opinion, um, with the coaches that we have and the players we have, there's no reason in the world not saying we're going to, but is 10-2 and two out of the realm of possibility? Absolutely not. Um, 
is nine and three out of the realm of possibility? Absolutely not. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say 11 and one or 12 and zero, but I'm, you know, if they play well, um, they have the talent to. Um, there's no reason why they can't be nine and three, ten and two, and looking at a double did double digit uh, win season. And I mean, golly, you do that with the way that we're recruiting now, with um, the way we're yeah. just hammering the, the 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 DMV area in Maryland and and winning South Carolina again, which we haven't done since the Spurrier era. Like we, we've got we've got a lot of. Uh, a lot of good things in the fire. And if we can find a way to stack and do a little better than what we did last year, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of mo- good momentum with this program. You actually, you just mentioned this, the staff. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you've got relationships with everybody on staff or not, Perry, but um, you have been around college football for a long, long time. Yeah. What, what uh, if you do have, uh, relationships with guys on the staff. I know you have, you know, you and Coach Beamer and, and, and things like that. But like, what do you? What is it about these guys? Because you just hit on the recruiting, right? Like, there's a lot of dudes that seemingly are wanting to play here, and 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 yeah, they've won some a couple of games, but I mean, they haven't won that many games. Yeah. Um. And but they're just, you know, you hear Shane say this all the time when he's asked about it. You know, he hears genuine, 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 and well, he's right. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just. I think the easiest thing to pin on why they recruit so well is it's not that they're good salespeople. It's not that they're like they've got this nil bag that they can just throw out at people. They're 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 normal people. Like the one compliment that. I've heard about Clayton White at our gym that we work out at is he's not a college football coach. That right there says it all. The The college football coach is I'm a defensive coordinator. I'm the head coach at South Carolina. I can't go out and be in the public because I don't want to take pictures and autographs. Like It's not about that. We had a happy hour three months ago for the F45 studio that – my wife manages and Clayton just showed up like just showed up and hung out with me and a couple other guys and had a couple beers together and just talked to a little football, but just really just kind of shot the breeze, hung out and just chatted like normal people would of friends that you work out with at your gym. I mean, it was, it was just normal. It wasn't all this pressure. We didn't feel like we had to be a certain way. Like, yeah, some people asked for his picture, but like he didn't care. He just took the picture and continue on with the conversation. And I think that, what I have seen is that the majority, if not everybody else on the staff is, is very similar, if not the same way. So like I went to the coaches clinic a couple of weeks ago that they had at South Carolina with all the high school guys. And they not only had, um, you know, they had all of us high school coaches after the event, they had us upstairs, had, you know, food and all that good stuff, kind of like a social hour. And, all of them, all the position coaches, all the coordinators, everybody's there just chatting, socializing. We had the Carolina baseball game on with it. Just, yeah, they were talking about football and some scheme things, but it was uh, it was super casual to the point where I didn't feel like – we felt like we were just there hanging out. It wasn't like a, oh, hey, we got to straighten up because of X, Y, and Z. And, uh, you know, and it helps that a lot of them are younger guys. They're um, hungry to make a name for themselves. 
they, uh, they, 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 they've got a good group. Coach Beamer's done a really good job, and you guys know this as well as anybody. I mean, you, you attract people that you are like. Like you, you, the, who you are is the type of people that you attract, and then the, you know, the the old adage of you are, um, you know, you are the the baseline, or you are the middle of the five people you spend your most time with. Well. I mean, you can tell a lot of those guys are very similar to Coach Beamer. They're very personable, family oriented. They 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 like they love Columbia. They want to be here. They yep. want to win. They want to do well. This is not a transition job to the next stop. Like this is their next stop. Like this is it. And uh, seeing seeing the way that they're running the program, it, it's pretty exciting. JC Phil no. Oh, I was just, I was interested in who was milling about behind you there, Perry. No, I, uh, <laughs> you, no, I would say, I was like, and, and you know, kind of, you, you mentioned it uh, earlier a little bit, like you don't know the real intent of a transfer or anything. And then kind of going off of what, you know, kind of culture uh, Beamer has built, even within the coaching staff itself, is it safe to assume that, you know, while we're, looking for needs in the portal that nobody's going to make a knee jerk reaction just because of star rating or things like that, that everybody that comes into this program um, Beamer is going to vet to be a fit for what is going on. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the other thing is, I mean, they have just like every big school, they have a full recruiting department where they're just constantly evaluating talent, evaluating players and, you know, and then there's a there's a kind of like a cycle process, right, where the player evaluation takes place. The recruiters say, hey, this kid's really, really talented. They send it to the assistant coaches. They evaluate it. The assistant coaches say, hey, we really like this kid. Then it goes up to, to Beamer. And if he gives the thumbs up, then the offer process takes place or the, the, the visit invite takes place, right? And then from there, then they'll gauge whether or not, you know, they get the temperature of the kid and get to understand who he, you know, who he is and what they're like and all that good stuff. And then, then the offers go out, right. Then, you know, that, that, that would probably be for more for your normal, normal recruit. Now, if he's a five-star guy and you're trying to get him because he's just a pure freak of nature, then you got to do what you got to do. Um, but, but all in all, when you have a good foundation like that, um, your program weeds out um, the, the cancers, um, and it, they, it kind of takes care of itself. Well, you turn your mic on JC. Yeah. Yeah. JC, you got to turn your mic. Yes. Yeah, second yeah, or third well, Radio 101 here. <laughs> uh, real, real quick before we let you go, Eddie Lewis, um, I don't know. I, I liked him. I, I thought he was getting open. Uh, I thought the first pass Spencer overthrew him, obviously, but, when you kind of look at the receiving core, Perry, don't, don't, do, you, do you think he's a guy that can help out? Uh, I, I kind of think maybe not a lot of people were talking about him afterward, but I, I thought that, uh, you know, he got a lot of reps and uh, looks like he can run routes and, and looks like he's pretty fast too. Yeah, he moves around well, uh, that's for sure. And and um, I haven't heard a ton, but if he was playing as much as he did, they were wanting to see – what he's capable of in front of a, of a live audience like that. So that that's a name that you definitely want to highlight going into the summer and into fall camp is how does he progress? 
you know, there's a lot that can take place between now and fall camp. I mean, there's a lot of time you can transform your body. You can almost become a new athlete for with how much time is, has, um, you know, as much time that you have until you start actually playing football again. So, um, he, he's certainly a name that I would highlight. Yeah. Boy, they got a lot of those. Uh, this is going to be a bunch of new names catching the ball this year, but they're all really good ones. And we certainly can't yep. wait to get there. Perry, I know you got to run, uh, but um, we'll get you back uh, again here pretty soon. Really good insight as to what we have kind of wrapped up with in spring ball here. And now now the, now the we find out who the men and the boys are, who's going to take care of themselves when nobody's looking. Uh, that's right. And, uh, that's what the next few months will be like for Gamecock football, uh, Perry Orth. Former quarterback at South Carolina. Thanks, brother. Hey, um, See you guys. Uh, we've got hey a week from tonight we've got the Carolina Rise event at Home Team Barbecue in Columbia. Um, JC's flying down; he'll be there. It, I'll, I'll forward you the link to that. It's all okay. you know. Every all the money it goes to NIL for there's twelve players. The whole offensive line is going to be there. Wing eating contest. The carry on's going. If you don't mind, if you'll pass that along to folks you know, um, we'll do it. Be a, it's going to be a great deal. And uh, then right here in Charleston on the Saturday, the 29th as well. So if you can make it, great. If not, if you know a bunch of kids you've coached and their families would like to go meet some some Gamecocks, send it send it along if you don't mind. We'll do it, guys. Appreciate it. You're, you're the man. There Thanks, you go. Guys. Very in Carolina. All right. It is uh, 1231. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. They come from all over to – Get on one of the e-bikes and go wherever you want to go. Up to 60 miles, as a matter of fact, and up to 28 miles per hour. That can get you a lot of places. Matter of fact, 28 miles per hour is probably about the average speed in the low country these days. You can probably get there faster by riding a bike than driving a car. Uh, if you head to electricbikescharleston.com, whether you're in Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach, anywhere, 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 the best warranties, the best service, Electric Bikes of Charleston, electricbikescharleston.com, powering our program need to step aside for a quick timeout don't go anywhere we'll be right back if you're in the upstate of south carolina and are in need of residential real estate services cindy bass sear of caldwell banker kane is for you ask her about the village at creekside all of her listings in my hometown of spartanburg south carolina right there on daniel morgan avenue married to a lifelong gamecock fan and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to The Show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them to talk about how they could potentially enclose a porch or a patio for you to enjoy the outdoors bug free. And I, I literally just almost removed myself from the studio coming back from that break. So I get it. Yeah, it's, it's been a day. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, hold on. I would have been, we'd have just been floating. Now, yeah, it, it on a breeze. Kept going with the two of you going. That's that's the good thing. Is like if I do end up losing, you know, my spot here, the show goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to hear from Perry. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah really good. Perry stuff. York, definitely, we'll, we'll do a lot more with him. Um, we'll scatter him through the summer, but certainly when football season rolls around, uh, he and potentially one other. Very intriguing guest for people will be um, have been gracious enough to offer their weekly time uh, to our program. So uh, certainly, certainly looking forward to that. I, 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 um, I, I always like to listen to quarterbacks, and we're we're actually really lucky because you know while you could debate how some of them did or didn't play on the field. Um, I, I'm thinking of the guys that, that I know, like Steve Tannehill. We had Anthony Wright on this show. Probably need to get him back on soon. But listening to guys like Tannehill and Wright and uh, Perry and uh, Stephen Garcia and uh, Blake Mitchell. And just got, I mean, I, I, I happen to know these guys, so it's, it's, it's easy to be able to talk to them. But the one thing that you can say about the quarterbacks that have come through Carolina is they are very, like, not only well-versed, but pretty grounded in how they talk about it and just hearing it because they're, they're the leaders for a reason, right, a quarterback. So we've been very lucky, but it, they get the full picture. And have you ever noticed that when you have on, like, if you ever talk to a different, like maybe a, a running back or wide receiver, there's just not as thorough of answers sometimes. But when you talk to a quarterback, they're talking to you from that quarterback brain. You know, there's they see the whole, they see the big picture, and uh, sorry about my Nick Saban hands thing here, but um, 
but but it's just really interesting to get their perspective on a lot of these things because that's their job. You know, they have to they have to understand everybody that's going to try it out onto that field with them and against them. So they understand defense, they understand offense, and, and they're always great guests. Absolutely. Big fan of quarterbacks. That's why a lot of quarterbacks are these uh they get these TV jobs, right? So yeah. they uh because they, 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 they have to be have to know the whole field. So, who's, who's your favorite? Uh it's it's really who's good. Who's the best who's the best QB on TV? Oh, the best QB on TV? I like Tony Romo. I was gonna say I think I gotta go with Romo, yeah. even though that, that burns my, you know, red skin heart. <laughs> I think he does. I think I think he he see he has this really great ability to see the game. Um Oh he does. And uh Yeah. He's call, he's yeah. calling plays up there. Yeah. It's almost too yeah. good, you know, sometimes. But uh, he's yeah, he's got a lot of uh a lot of ability, um, I think. And uh so that's uh that that would be my favorite. I mean I like all of them. I like Troy Aikman just fine. I mean, you know, he uh yeah. The, there was an article about how he was kind of a jerk off off the off the, the screen, but uh, I don't, I don't Aikman, think man. that's true. I know somebody that's one of met those him. weird expose so, yeah. things where it's like, well, because he you know he switched networks, right? And so Troy just shows up like the crew was throwing him under the bus. But I mean, you never know uh, yeah. these days how how things get out about you in a workplace. I mean, it just. Uh, every day I read stuff like uh, some, and of course some journalist or quote unquote journalist is going to try to make an article out of it. Oh, well, they say that he's toxic. I mean, anybody can literally say that and people throw around words these days that are completely ridiculous because they're, they're not, they don't know the definition of the word. I mean, he may have had a bad day come in, came in one day and they heard him, uh, you know, be short with his wife on the phone. And then these people who are mostly soft, Sat there, go. He's toxic. Oh, yeah. So you just never know. Is my point. So that's yeah. my. Uh, that was my take on, on that. But uh, oh, Todd Blackledge. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, uh, Todd yeah, Blackledge and uh, Sean McDonough. That's a tremendous duo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and they obviously called the Clemson game this year. It's yeah. Good game, right? Yeah. And, and everybody's expectations. Think- Brady in the booth. Is anybody looking forward to that? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. 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 I think his analysis is what I'm really looking forward to. I, I, I don't know how polished or, you know, I mean, obviously you're going to have to get some reps under you to, to start getting better at the whole broadcasting end of things. God knows I'm one to talk, but <laughs> I'm I'll, looking I'll, forward I'll to his insight. <laughs> I'll throw Herb Street in there too and Gary Danielson for that matter. I don't well, know if Gary Dennis will play quarterback or not. But, well, now, well, now, when I wait a I second, <laughs> now we're just naming every quarterback. That's that's right. Just throw them all out. Every one of them, just throw them out there. The question was, who's Warren, your favorite? Well, remember, Marino, Marino is on TV and Boomer Sison's on TV. I mean, those guys, you know, I think. Andre Ware is on TV. Robert I didn't Griffin. say him because he's a nice guy. We had him on J.C. and Morgan. Great guy. Yeah, I, I'm just not. I'm not. You know, but yeah. you could ask 20 people that question about your favorite broadcasters because Quantrell's throwing out Gus Johnson. That's a play-by-play guy. Um, RG three, pretty good. I mean, you mm-hmm. and you get 20 different answers. It's like, what favorite Carolina uniform is what? What Carolina uniform is your favorite? Well, you can pull 30 Gamecock fans and you get 30 different answers. <laughs> I mean, there'd be no. There's no consensus. That's the answer. There is no consensus there in that subject 
Yeah, I I think RG three. I really enjoy when he gets into the nuts and bolts of the game. He's really, really good. I, I don't enjoy his extra enthusiasm and slang that is often used in the broadcast booth. Um, I'm sure somebody out there will interpret that as something other than what I mean by it. But I, I uh, what I'm saying is like I, I I like people to tell me what's going on. I want to learn something. Um and call the game i don't need all the hullaboo of of you know excitement you don't have to be a cheerleader uh just call call the game but i want to learn something and when he's when he's teaching the game up there in the booth much like romo it's really really good uh but some of that some of that stuff gets a little 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 too too much for me yeah Uh, i totally get you there yeah so but i think they're all they're all pretty good. I actually disagree with with a lot with a, Jamie and and Ryan. I I like Kirk Herbstreit. I've always liked Kirk Herbstreit. Um, I I I've never had an issue with him. I I he's one of the more respected guys behind the scenes in college football for a reason. And um, I've I, I like him personally. But um, but that, yeah. that doesn't mean that you have to. I that's America it's supposed to. I be mean. America. When his kids went to Clemson and Carolina struggling on the field, and then I think I think he caught some people off guard when he picked North Carolina to beat the Gamecocks in the 2019 opener. Yeah. And and he was the only one. And, well, then, of course, North Carolina did win the game. The team's right. But, but at the time, it's just like, oh, come on, man. You're doing this. I don't know, you know, but but he was going to be in right for some for whatever reason, uh, and so uh, I, you know, teams that struggle probably don't like Herbie. But man, when they came to uh, Columbia for the Tennessee game this past year, I mean, he he and Fowler were nothing but complimentary and uh, praising the crowd and and all that good stuff. So. Uh, I don't know. I've always, uh, you know, is Kirk Herbstreit earth-shattering commentary? No. Mm. Uh, I, I, if I want to know about the X's and O's uh, more, I'm going to go with Blackledge. Blackledge. I'm going to go with G- Gary, yeah. Gary Danielson, too, in my opinion. Gary's yeah. almost too much of a of an X's and O's head sometimes. Yeah. But uh, I like both those guys a whole lot. But uh, I, I have respect for Herbie. I, you know, he's he's an institution and all that good stuff. So. Oh, I, yeah. I, I him and him and Fowler are tremendous to in my opinion. I think they're tremendous. Um but I but I'll be honest, I, I think that um and and it's not gonna change because you move your way up the ladder and there's things that happen. I'm sure there's politics played behind the scenes and et cetera, et cetera. Uh but I think the best that ESPN had to offer, because it's not gonna be this move anymore, was uh was uh, Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge. I mean, those guys. You don't have to go any further back than the than the Clemson Carolina game. Uh, they they're they're so good. McDonough can call anything. He's great on golf. He's great on football. He was great in baseball. Um, golly, he called the uh, was it the Sid Bream slide that had, that McDonough had early in his career? I think so. Uh, yeah, he's a basketball. He's called basketball. Uh, there, there is. Black- a, if I'm not mistaken, there is a tape. Uh, or YouTube film, I think it's from Sean McDonough doing play by play of McDonough and Dickie V calling the sixteen nothing run at the final four from the Gamecocks on ESPN radio. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. Oh, look at their fans. Look at their fans. Oh, my God. Here they come. It's because of their leader, Frank Martin. They do not relent, baby. They do not relent. And, yeah, that was McDonough on the play-by-play. So, it was uh, – hey, that's a good – sometimes I just go and watch it and I pretend like that game ended right after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Stop it there. Stop it there. Stop it there. No, no, no. No. All right. Uh, it's twelve forty six. We are teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. It's the coolest club in the Carolinas. Unbelievable uh deals to be had in travelingcountryclub.com. If you don't know what we're talking about, maybe you just picked up our program and you you've just started listening to us or something like that. Certainly we really, really, really appreciate that. Uh but also so we want to tell you, support the people that support us. And if you're a golfer, this is where you want to go. Um, I have joined, Justin Smoke has joined, uh, and I know a bunch of other folks that have joined, and they are, it's happening quickly all across the state of South Carolina and the state of North Carolina because over 40 courses are combined between the two states. They just sat in Mount Mitchell up in North Carolina, go play in the mountains. You can you can go to Waynesville and play golf in the mountains. You can play in the upstate, a ton of courses up there. Or you can play in the Midlands, or you can play in Santee, or all along the coast, like Wedgefield Country Club that was just added in Georgetown, South Carolina. How about down here at Stone Ferry in the Low Country, Caledonia in True Blue, up in the Myrtle Beach area. They've got the big tournament coming up uh, in July, the Plunder on Polly's. If you're a golfer, you know somebody that is, text them this website, Traveling Country Club. Dot com That is also Gamecock owned and operated because Michael Manis played golf for the Gamecocks. He was on our show a couple of weeks ago during Masters coverage, and he is the owner of TravelingCountryClub.com. Gamecocks support Gamecocks like you support us. All right, final time out of the afternoon. It's 1247. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we will still dabble in some football and we will get you geared up and ready to go for Florida and South Carolina tonight, right here on inside the Gamecocks, the show. Days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston fitness equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Daddy, I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As you all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on Earth. 
I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, in fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation, or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Cox! Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Final segment of the show as we wrap up this Thursday. Looking ahead, big series starting against Florida, 730 ESPNU, national coverage, about damn time. <laughs> I just realized I have Florida blue on today. I saw that, and I think there's like, what is the lettering on there? Because it looked like it was it's, a little orange, too. I'm like, what in the? No, nah, it's Rebels. Uh, it's Burns, Rebels. Rebels, Rebels. Burns. that's uh, that's red, uh, allegedly. My, my fiance surprised me for my birthday with this Burns Rebel gear, so. I need to get you can buy then. local gear in uh, like Ingles and grocery stores down here now. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. No, well, well not just burnt, but you know, local high school. high school gear. Like I can, I can go get uh, you know, Wade Hampton or Blue. Give Ridge me stuff a Wade Hampton Blue hoodie, Ridge. Phil. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need one in my life. General, go generals. That's and right. I'll torture Hale with it. Yeah, I'll I was wear say, it we'll all wear him when Hale comes on. When Hale comes on, we'll all wear Wade Hampton gear. I think we gave him enough to, to worry with. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody asked when Whittle was coming on. John Whittle is a, a Monday staple for us. 1120s every Monday here for, well, probably the rest of the baseball season. For the rest of his career. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So long as they he's when Nestler and Blackledge were together, they called the 2010 Florida Carolina game down in Gainesville. Yep. Mm-hmm. They did. Uh, Nestler, for my money, Nestler is probably the best play-by-play guy. And then Gus Johnson. I like Gus for basketball a whole lot better than football, but I do think he calls a hell of a football game. Um, but I always will miss Ron Franklin and Vern Lundquist and Keith yeah. Jackson. I Ron mean, Franklin. I miss those guys. What, I, I, you know what? What happened to Ron Franklin was teetotal. You know what? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. That was before. Him. Yeah, the world we everybody live in now, got so sensitive. That was ridiculous. That that ESPN should be ashamed of not standing behind him. That was ridiculous. What happened to him? Like it, love it, yeah, leave it, disagree all you want. That is a joke. What happened to him? Uh, that was crazy. And he was the best yeah. one they had at that time. Oh yeah, he did all the primetime games, and I remember him calling 2001 Florida South Carolina. Uh, shoot, I think he called the 1987 game Carolina. I think that was Ron Franklin and Kevin Kiley, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember that. I mean, I have to go back and look at that broadcast. It's part of the opener of our show, but uh, wow, memories yeah. of the smiles we've left behind. Scattered pictures. La, 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 la. I don't remember the rest Misty of that. It's a Strysand song, though. The way we were. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that movie? The way we were. 
Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> this guy threw his own kid in a father-son game. Uh, yeah, at uh, me neither. I have not seen that. Um, I I just texted Coach Lake. I'm trying to get an update on the exact number, but I can tell you this with certainty. Uh, eight, twelve. There are outside of the bleachers in left field, less about twenty tickets left in the ballpark. Wow. For tonight's game, nice. and um, and the bleachers, there's that uh, let's call it about a about a hundred or so. So it's not a sellout. There are always people that walk up and get tickets, um, but it'll be it's going to be pretty close. There are a few for resale, but um, it's going to be pretty close tonight. And then tomorrow, uh. Tomorrow, there are zero tickets available uh, except for a few in the uh, bleacher seats in left field. The rest of them are sold out unless you could find one on resale. And then on uh, Saturday, uh, there are only a very few handful of general admission tickets available, but every seat in the ballpark is sold. So... Hats off to Gamecock fans and uh, pull them through. Beat their shooters. This is a look. This this series. This will. Uh, th- this will go a long way. A long, yeah. long way. It's a big one, I, I think, and uh, for all the reasons you stated and. Shoot, uh, you take two or three here, and uh, you get through that stretch. Of course, there was only eight games instead of nine, but you get through it at four and four, JB, uh, with, frankly, a, at least a couple that got away from you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, you, you win this series. I mean, a sweep, even better. <laughs> but uh, I think that, uh, you know, you, you've really – it's set up. Unfortunately, you know, right now, just be realistic as well. Carolina's dealing with a lot of injuries, a lot. Um, and good news is most of these guys are going to be back. But uh, that that's another thing to, to keep in mind. This isn't even the the full-strength team. This is a very deep baseball team, though, I think. I, I do think, you know, when you're talking about putting, like, a triplet in there, um, that, that's his name, triplet, I, I hope so. Uh, you know, that guy could hit the ball, tip it. Uh, that guy could hit we'll the ball, it. you know, mm-hmm. we'll tip it. Uh, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's just one of those things. But uh, yeah, Brando is with Fox. I forgot about Tim Timmy B. Just because the teams he covers now, he'll like do Big East basketball and stuff. Uh, I'm a personal. I, I, I don't want. I don't want to say Tim Brando is like my friend, but I, I can text. I text with him a lot and stuff. Just about this, that, and the other. And he comes on with me and Mike. Uh, so obviously. Uh, nothing but respect for old Timmy B uh, as well. And by the way, on the podcast, he said his first game of the ESPN as a sideline reporter was uh, Carolina Miami in 1986 at Williams Bryce Stadium. Mm. Yeah. Wow! So 1986, 86. <laughs> is that the last? Is that the last time Miami was at South Carolina? 
86? Yeah, that was uh, the Vinny Testaverde, Jimmy Johnson. That team was really good. They got upset by Penn State. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Miami and the Fiesta Bowl and them getting upset, but they got upset by Penn State and the Fiesta Bowl. But they were number one wire to wire until they played the Nittany Lions. And uh, they uh, they beat, they got up on Carolina pretty good, like 34 nothing. Gamecock scored some garbage touchdowns. That was Todd Ellis's first start as a Gamecock. Uh, then the next yeah. year, Carolina went to Miami, and I, I went to that game. My dad flew us down there. Uh, and that game was more exciting than the Oklahoma Miami Orange Bowl, where the Jimmy Johnson finally won it. Uh, it was twenty to sixteen. There was a fight. <laughs> uh, it was something else. So that was uh, that was that. But that's all Timmy B. Uh, Craig asked if you buy a ticket and can't make it the event, how do you let let us know? Just uh, go to the rain check, Phil. Actually, I can email it to you, Craig, because I got your email on the inside the game guys at gmail.com. Just select the rain check package. Uh, and order it there, and then I'm mailing everything out to everybody. Uh, probably give us a couple of weeks after uh, just to make sure we get everything signed and all that, but uh, it'll be out to you directly. But that's uh, – I'm going to email that to you right now, Craig. I wonder if he's already bought tickets and plans have changed. What about that circumstance? I, I haven't seen him come through, so I've, I've been monitoring – Okay. Unfortunately, there's not enough for me to like lose track. So <laughs> I, I, I sort of know. Um, so I'll email it to you. But if plans do change, that's fine. Just just let us know, and uh, we can move you over to uh, rain check uh, status. Perfect. Mm-hmm. We are out of time on oh. this Thursday first pitch of the weekend afternoon, and uh, certainly. Can't wait till 7.30 tonight when the Gamecocks and the Gators get rocking and rolling at Founders Park. I apologize today for uh, being in and out of here. I apologize to some of you who are hating on my $350 microphone that I know more about than all of you because I've only been doing this for 10 years. Uh, we We had a power bump today, and they've been fixing the Internet. So we're working on it. But with that said, uh, Carolina and Florida tonight will look to. Are you assaulting the turtle, Jason? The storm's rolling in, so Red literally gets up, walks past my little trash can here, knocks it over, and that now is hiding underneath. And now he's bumped the computer. He, he's hiding from the storm. He didn't realize he's inside. Turtle side. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor, poor guy. <laughs> Jamie's right. He, uh, Tim Brando is a big fan of that '90 Citadel team, and um, yeah. I've, I've talked to Tom, Tony and Dan McDonald about that before. Uh, Brando yeah, is very fond of those guys. Brando's got a little college baseball in him. Got an LSU background, so but something, something. Else, yeah, so. uh, he's a, he's really he was really good at college baseball. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, somebody out there. Uh, some billionaire, like super billionaire, needs to create a new network and just go hire all the best guys from all the other networks. And they'll wipe everybody out. <laughs> just make sure they hire us, too. Elon Musk. <laughs> Who do we know, JC? Oh, I know a guy. I know a guy. I'll call him. See if he answers. Hey, we'll be a little cheaper than Herb Street. Then. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, Not just, by just, much, just, though. A shade. A shade. Yeah. I mean, you know. Listen. I know uh, what I got. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate everybody for uh, bearing with us today. Certainly appreciate both Chris and Perry Orth for joining us. Stuart Lake will be here tomorrow. 
And he will get to, once again, recap game one for South Carolina. See what happens tonight. Signorama is the preferred partner of sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. Anything you need in the sign industry, that is who you want to use. Matt Vaughn and his staff, they are unmatched. And they are in West Columbia, but they service all of the Palmetto State. Signorama.com for more information. Maybe it's a vehicle wrap, a sign in front of your business. Who knows? But they know how to do it. Signorama.com. For Phil and JC, I'm JB. We'll see you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.